Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 4.3 of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness. Uh, in our previous two episodes, we discussed about what it means to be an uncommon athlete, player, or employee. Uh, last night, we talked about what it means to be an uncommon parent. And tonight, we're going to talk about what it means to be an uncommon coach, a manager, boss, employer, uh, and, and drive the results that you're looking for on the team that you run. Uh, we, we have a lot to discuss tonight. We can't wait to get started, so here we go. Coach Mathis, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. I, uh, I, I'm going a little stir-crazy, to be honest with you. Uh, it's only day three, man. I know. We've got 27 more days to go. Right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, we're not Kansas yet, uh, but there's no saying that we, we might not be. So just taking it day by day. Day by day, right? That's all we can do. Yeah, control what we can control, just like Ed Thomas did uh, when they had that tornado hit Parkersburg. And, um, you know, just the way that he led in that calm and, and confident manner. So, you Absolutely. know, it, that, that goes right into what we're talking about, uh, Coach Mathis, and that, that what, it, what does it mean to be an uncommon coach? And we're going to steal um, – the focus three definition of what leaders are supposed to do. And that's create the culture that drives behavior that get results. But we're going to talk about it in a little bit different way. Um, and I, I think you and I both agreed that we want to talk about our mission statement and how we funnel that down to have every person own their property in the culture that's being built. Correct. So give us your mission statement for your program, coach. Well, my mission statement for our program is is pretty simple. It's not something that's really wordy, you know, building champions to today, developing leaders for tomorrow. I mean, it, we break it down pretty simple on that fact. We we don't uh, you know, there's some programs out there where mission statements are are several sentences long and they, they get really wordy. You know, I don't think that in in our program that's really necessary, so I keep it pretty simple. So you're, you're laying out the vision uh, for everybody about what it is you're ultimately trying to do. It doesn't say we're going to win a state championship. Nope. It, it doesn't, doesn't. doesn't say anything about a district title or how many wins we want to have or anything like that. We're simply talking uh, about what we want to do with the young men in our program. We're, we're obviously instilling leadership skills that will be lifelong leadership skills for them. So when – you know, they move on into college or the career world or, you know, any type of, you know, just even, you know, being a better husband and father down the road. We want to instill the leadership skills that will be necessary for them to be successful. So your vision is creating champions today, developing champions today to build leaders for tomorrow. And everything yeah. that you do is funneled from that. Correct. So when we talk about building champions today, Obviously, you got to have players in your program that understand the mission they're on. How do you how do you envision your players to see that that they're part in 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 the role of of being a, being a member of your program? Well, we have a leadership council in our program that they uh, you know kind of gives them ownership of the program. So they have you know they're part of the decision making skill set in in regards to you know 
they decide certain things that we do within our program. We've even, I've even included some of our, our, our players on our leadership council and things in regards to disciplinary matters in regards, mm. like, how do we want to handle this guys? You know, this is your program just as much as it is mine. So but you tell me what you think is, is suitable in this instance. And we had a situation last year when that came up. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think, you know, allowing them to have some ownership in them, uh, in the, in the program uh, with that decision-making ability to an extent is a good thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, I think it gets difficult for kids to jump into that role. Uh, but I think when they understand that their role is as important um, as everybody else's, regardless of the position they play, uh, you're going to get a much better, better buy-in uh, from the athletes. Um, and then quite honestly, you know, you're the head coach in the program. I'm the head coach in my program, but you and I both know uh, we can't do it alone. And so when we talk about envisioning our players uh, and envisioning the team program culture, well, we also have to make sure that our, uh, our coaches are on that same mission with us as well. I couldn't agree more with you on this. I mean, I think that is, you have to have, you know, your, your good soldiers that fight along with you in regards to the daily grind that it is to instill a winning and positive culture in a program. And you can't do it if you can't do it by yourself. You, you got to have people alongside you on this ride that believe in what you're trying to do. And, you know, I can say that my first year we didn't and we had to make some changes. And, you know, after that we did and we had some guys that bought into what we were doing and we're doing and saying the right things. And I think you really saw a difference in, in year two for us. And that's, and that's really where it starts is that you have guys who, who believe in what you're doing because they understand like the players need to, that it's not about them. Um, but they are, they are just as important part in, in, in the puzzle. And I, I learned that when I was an assistant, and I was given trust by uh, head coaches that I worked for uh, to do my job. And I was able to build relationships with the players to help fuel that culture. And I'm really excited for our program this year because we are going to truly have unit leaders, as Urban Meyer describes it in his book, Above the Line. And uh, you know, each coach is going to have a position 9 through 12s. The goal is that you – can build a relationship with those players for four years in your position group. You know, so if you're the defensive backs coach, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or senior, you're getting coached by the same guy. And, and then that's to me where you really get the wins. Uh, and I'm not necessarily even saying on Friday nights, but that's where you get the cohesiveness and the trust and the time together uh, because there is no substitute for doing hard work together. And, and I think one thing that I need to do a better job of is making sure my coaches understand what it is that we're doing collectively as a program, you know, that a, a singular vision, if you will, uh, for what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And so that's, that's a skill that I'm working on. It's a skill that I'm trying to get better at. And I am so thankful that I have uh, coaches who are, are bought into that piece. Absolutely. And I think that uh, it makes it so much easier. And, and I know that you could probably you know, talk about this just as much as I could, but 
how do you think your role changed from when you were an assistant coach to the head coach in, in the eyes of the players that you were dealing with? Uh, I couldn't, I was no longer the sugar guy, you know, as, <laughs> as an assistant coach, you have, a, I don't even want to say easier job. It's just different because it's not easy, uh, but it is different. And it's much, um, it's much more feral. Uh, it's, it's much more visceral. It's much more tangible. Um, or at least it can be if you let it, uh, the head coach, our job is to be, uh, the bitter pill to be the accountability guy, uh, to make sure that all the cogs are, are uh, tied in together and the wheel is, is rolling perfectly and everyone's rowing the boat, if you will. Um, and I, it's, you know, the old saying, it's lonely at the top. It, it is true, um, but it isn't when you know that you have guys who got your back. And, and I think uh, the biggest piece uh, assistants do is provide consistency and funneling of the vision down to their, to their units. And uh, I, I can't wait to see how that's going to go because really when it's at the end of the day, you got to be able to build trust at each level, you know, with the head coach of the coaches and the coaches to the players and the head coach to the players. And then obviously that's got to get funneled out to the community. You know, do we trust this guy to do what's best for me? You know, is he a good guy? Does he know what he's doing? And can I connect with him personally? And, and I think those, those three things really tell the story of, of how you're going to get results that you want. Well, I think it all ultimately comes down to how you treat your coaches in front of your players to how, mm -hmm. like, how they'll be respected by their players. If you have a coach that talks down to as a head coach, talks down to his assistant coaches and doesn't treat them with the respect that they should be, then it's going to be hard for those players to, you know, respect those coaches too. And then you're not going to have the loyalty amongst your, your coaches uh, to the, to the head coach. You're going to, you're going to start to see uh, fractions going in, in your, in your program. And uh, yeah, I've been on a program where the head coach doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, talk to, uh, the assistants in, in a way that they probably should be in front of players. And, uh, you know, that was a, a great example to myself on how you should treat your assistant coaches and how you should not treat them. Oh, I, I saw that uh, in my first coaching job at, in college at Lake Forest College. I'll never forget, um, you know, the head coach was uh, really excited to get me on board. I came from a winning program. Lake Forest was not very good at the time. Um, and he said, man, we're going to, well, I know the coach you played for. He was a great guy. You're going to have a lot of great ideas. You had a lot of success. I can't wait to get you in the program. Guess how many times he used any one of my ideas in the program zero, during that season? Zero times? Zero. <laughs> zero times. Guess how many times he yelled at me in front of the, in the players of the program about something that was going on? Mm, it, countless? It, 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 at least a dozen times. Right. And, um, you know, so I, I got to the point where I was just scared not to get yelled at. And so I was finding ways to not get yelled at. Um, and I don't think it was because I was a bad coach. I, I, I just didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't understand what he was trying to do. And obviously the program reflected that. Um, and so that was one really eye opening thing for me is, you know, number one, how you treat your guys. Um, and, and I think, 
you know, I've always appreciated not being micromanaged and given trust to do my job. And so I really try to do that with my coaches and I hope they feel that way. Um, and, and so, so if we can build the trust piece by, by spreading the vision um, with our staff and with our players, the next piece is to get results, right? Yep. And so being an uncommon coach means that you got to have all facets of that trust piece. Um, but then you've also got to be able to get results and you've got to be able to do it in a way that provides uh, clarity for those that are involved. It provides accountability um, and you can give encouragement and mentorship uh, for everyone along the way as well. Uh, but any, any one of those that's missing, I, I think uh, you're, you're, you're not going to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and I think it ultimately goes back to, you know, empowering the people around you with knowing that you're going to have their back, you know, that trust factor, the building relationships. Ultimately, this all goes back to building the relationships with the people that you surround yourself with, whether it be players, coaches, parents, all those kinds of things. I think one of the biggest things is, is that is is that that piece can't be stressed enough, in my opinion. Yeah, telling telling your guys you love them. Absolutely. You know, tell, telling telling your guys that you value them and I, I, on both levels. Your 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 players, obviously the doers, and then the guys that are leading those guys, your assistant coaches, your managers, your bosses who are underneath you. Um, do you think it's important to be able to have uh, critical conversations with both coach and player underneath you? Yeah, I think that you know, there's always going to be difficult conversations to have right but and that's why you're the head person you know you shouldn't want to shy away from those difficult conversations because i think we've said in an earlier episode those difficult conversations probably allow you for the most potential for growth when you have those difficult conversations so there's times where i'm sure i've had to had i've had conversations with my assistants that you know they necessarily probably didn't like that we had to have those conversations and did I enjoy those conversations? No, but I had to have them. I knew if I didn't have them, we weren't going to correct the things that were going on in the program. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, what's, what's the bigger tragedy, not correcting the things that are going wrong in the program is the bigger tragedy. Well, because as we've, you know, as you, as you know, if you permit it, you promote it. And then it just festers. Yeah. What you accept breeds in your, in your program, whatever you accept will, will eventually turn into your culture and your program because you've allowed it to breed and grow and multiply. Yeah. That's scary to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So when we talk about connecting with uh, players and coaches um, there, there there's some thoughts that I have on that because you know, what's the, the Maya Angelou saying is, you know, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so to me, being able to connect with somebody is really, really important. So do you care enough to take time uh, to understand what they're about, um, to, you know, find out what's important to them? Um, do, you, do you listen to them if they come to you? Do you engage with them and do you allow them to grow on their own uh, and, and use their own style of coaching to be good at, at what they're supposed to do? And that's for both, you know, levels, in my opinion. Uh, and, and listen, that takes time. It takes commitment. And it's not easy. It isn't. I mean, I think that's why 
it's so important. Like I make an effort to go to a lot of different things that aren't even athletics related to what, whatever my student athletes are involved in. I think it's important to show them that you care enough to be present in that. So then they start to understand that you are more important to them as a person than you are as, you know, the person that plays on the football field in between those hash marks. Uh, yeah, that's great. That is vital. Yeah, that is, that's really good. And, and, and what about just the coaching side of it? You know, if you're on the field, um, I know one of the things that I've learned is that uh, yelling in anger uh, is not very effective. Yeah. It, I mean, we talk about- we, it doesn't mean that we've never done it because we have. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but my thought on that is when you're yelling constantly, it becomes a lot less impactful to the people, to your audience, right? So if you're going to have that outburst, it's it's better to have it, you know, every so often instead of constantly. And I've, to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, some of the most and I don't want to say intimidating, but more like, oh, okay, I got they got my attention now is when a coach has gotten really, really quiet instead of really, really loud. Mm. Mm. Yeah. John Wooden John Wooden calls it intensity without anger. Yeah. I mean, number one, you should, it does we're all gonna get angry at some point, but how you convey that anger, I think, is more impactful in that moment than just screaming to, to scream because you're angry. Or maybe another way to say intense, intense without anger is being demanding without being demeaning. Oh, a hundred percent. I think yeah, you're never, it's kind of like that, you know, what are you going to catch? How many are you going to catch more flies with honey than with, you know, uh, what's vinegar kind of deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, goes back to that relationship piece with your student athlete. If they know that you care about them, they're going to allow you to, you know, that, you know, uh, stern coaching more than if, if you haven't built that relation, then they're just going to walk away thinking like coach is just a jerk. He's yelling at me. He doesn't understand what I'm trying to do. And you have mm -hmm. to have that, that equity built in with that player to know that, okay, he knows that I'm, I see him here. I'm trying to get him here. And this is why I'm, I'm talking to him about this. Well, because that goes back into the results piece. You know, you, you, you provide clarity with the job that has to be done. If they're not doing it, you have to hold them accountable. And if they're not, if they're not, uh, if, if they're trying, then you've got to be supportive and encourage and mentor them to do the job the right way. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I like the saying, make progress, um, don't be perfect. You know, progress, not perfection. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time in my coaching career, and I, and I think I probably need to do a better job of, of selling this because we know that athletes are oftentimes motivated by performance or fear from lack of or fear of lack of performing, if you will. So sometimes they won't even attempt something because they know I might not win. Uh, or I, I'm, I might be made out to look silly, 
um, I might not be able to just do the work that's asked um, and I don't want to look bad. And I think we as coaches have to really strive hard to eliminate fear and, and to get our athletes to be motivated by achievement and learn from their mistakes. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, when you said that the progress, uh, not perfection kind of deal, some of something that I've said in, in our program is uh, we're going to chase perfection. You, you know, we don't have to be perfect, but we're going to chase it because, you know, that means that an expectation is we won't be perfect, but we're going to strive for it. And I think that's kind of the you know, same message that you're, you're telling your kids in your program. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I think as uh, our players understand it, and, and, well, and then I also need to make sure that my coaches understand that, um, that I want them to coach hard. I want them to be demanding. I don't, I don't necessarily need them to be deme- demeaning, but I want them to impress and envision upon our players is that, you know, they're here to make them better. And so one of the reasons I'm so excited about going to this, this coaching model uh, is that Number one, it gives our coaches ownership. They get to be the head coach of their position and, and really run with it. Uh, but number two, it allows them to really uh, be prepared and, and coach effectively every second of every practice. You know, uh, I, think, I think where we've fallen into a trap is we spend too much time talking um, and we don't spend enough time doing and learning on the run. And so if you can't get it done in 10 seconds – you know, an assignment, a technique or an effort issue, then you're saying too much. Right. Kids' attention span is only so long. And uh, you have to be, if you don't catch them within those first few seconds, it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I'm in class, um, not even coaching, I like to just ask a kid who I know was given, you know, terrible effort. I'll say, hey, on a scale of 10, one to 10, one being your worst day ever, 10 being the best effort you've ever had, where would you rank today? And you know what all of them always say? Uh, five, six, <laughs> at least, you know, at least they're they, honest. They know. Yeah. They know intuitively. So I think, you know, the biggest piece is challenging. Hey, let, let's bring that effort up, you know, because as you and I both know, effort is an, is a matter of the heart. And when the effort's there, uh, that means the heart is there. And that's the most important piece that we have to get to right. as coaches. You know, that's, that's that third level, if you will, from a 3D coaching standpoint, getting to the heart, not just what can you do for me on a Friday night. And again, that comes back into, you know, coaching with character and uh, being competent and connecting with kids. Yep. Absolutely. Well, um, Final thoughts for us today, Coach? Well, I've just really enjoyed this Uncommon Commitment series that we've done here, talking, breaking it down from, you know, players to employees, parents, as well as coaches, employers. Yeah, I think that, you know, if if it was easy, everyone would be uncommon in their commitment to something. It is not easy to be uncommon in that commitment. It it takes a lot of different uh, abilities, whether it's just your – your care and love, the relationships that you've built with, the people that you're surrounding yourself with as a leader. And, you know, it's it's something that is a is a constant evolving 
uh, issue. It's it's not something where you're going to uh, finally reach your maximum. You know, it's something that you constantly have to work on. And if you think that you've you've mastered it, you probably uh, you know should rethink that thought process. Yeah, because just like any discipline, being intentional uh, or intentionally uncommon in your coaching is is a is a slow process it's a small incremental daily process that takes time yes but it takes you have to do it every day and you have to be intentional and i know that uh you know from our conversations you're doing just that in, in your program you know i've i've tried to do it in my program as well and i know that it's something that you know why i love these conversations is cuz it uh, does allow me to Maybe understand that uh, there's still obviously uh, things that I can do better within my program. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, you know, as we're talking, it's really uh, self-revelation stuff that, oh, I got to do better here. I got to do better here. And if I have coaches, uh, you know, that I work with that are listening to this, they're probably going to go, yeah, coach needs to do a better job with that. <laughs> you know, or players should be like, yeah, I'm sure coach needs. Yeah, I know. I'm glad coach yeah. admitted that. Um, but, but, you know, uh, you and I both know we're not perfect, never claim to be, but um, we're motivated to to bring the best out of the people that we're around. And, and that's really where it all starts. Well, I know so, uh, yeah, I just saw one of my uh, former players. He just actually graduate. He's graduating this year. He's he's going on to Central to play college football, uh, Jackson Hogue. And he actually said, hey, I, I listened to your, your podcast. He goes and it was awesome. I loved it. And I was I was kind of blown away by that. Wasn't expecting uh, one of my uh, former players to actually be tuning in. So, you know, he seemed pretty impressed. And, uh, you know, I expect uh, big things to come out of Jackson in the future and obviously gives me some uh, reasons to go check out a, a college football game on a Saturday afternoon and, and go support the, the Dutch over in uh, Pella. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, as uh, being an uncommon leader, it's our job to create culture that drives behavior to get results. You got to build trust and you got to envision those around you. Uh, we are thankful that you guys spent time with us tonight. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate, review on Apple podcast or Google podcast. Um, we haven't decided when our next episode is going to come out, but we assume it'll happen here pretty soon because everyone's off <laughs> from from everything. Tomorrow? At this point. You said tomorrow, uh, right? So, yeah. Yeah, we can do tomorrow. That's All fine. right. We'll see everyone at the same bat time, same bat channel. All right. Until then, just keep pursuing life, leadership, and greatness in all that we do. Have a great night.